0: Have you ever wondered why Jesus says, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? Not just an ingredient for the kingdom, but maybe it's because how the world works is that as you do to others, they are very likely to do to you. We're going to get into this today and a bunch of other stuff as we continue our journey in the book of Genesis. I'm Paul White, and this is the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 21st day of February, Sorry about the little change in the way I came on here today. You're used to me saying the same phrase, I think, every day. It might have caught you off guard. It was just on my mind right as I hit record to just come out of the blocks with what is commonly known as the golden rule. Really, what precipitates Jesus' is famous, there's a straight way and a broad way passage is the golden rule. And I think the golden rule is the straight way. It is the narrow way. Everything else is do whatever you want to do, do the way people do you, um, do what makes you happy, do what gets you ahead. That's a broad way. There's a bunch of ways to get yourself into a lot of trouble with that. The narrow way is do to the world the way you wish the world will do to you. I add to that probably because people are probably going to do to you very similar to the way you do them. Certainly not always, But the world would most certainly be a better place if we observed that. Why am I talking about this when it comes to our story from Genesis 29, which is Jacob? Well, I'm talking about this because Jacob encounters a little bit of his own medicine in the 29th chapter of Genesis. I'm not going to read all 29 or 30 verses of today's story. The chapter itself is... I'm going to peek ahead here. The chapter itself is actually... 35 verses long but i want to get into i don't want to get into the details or the verse by verse word by word but just a smattering of the story and that's that jacob journeys east from bethel and he ends up meeting what will be the love of his life rachel and he encounters rachel's father uh, rachel's relatives uh, he has this encounter in which he feeds the flocks and he rolls the stone from the well, and there's Jesus characteristics, there might even be resurrection characteristics. Those don't jump out at me really as much as when the story turns, and Laban says to Jacob, because you're my relative shouldn't you shouldn't serve me for nothing. What will your wages be? And Jacob, who's already fallen for uh, Rachel, asks, to serve seven years for Rachel. In other words, I'll work for you for seven years, and in return, my pay is that you give me your daughter to be my wife. And the text tells us in the 20th verse that he served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. One, Probably one of the highlight romantic verses of the Old Testament. And Jacob then asks for his wife, and Laban agrees, and they throw a big feast. This is essentially what is some form of wedding feast. And then at night, when it's time to go to bed, this famous, almost comical moment of Laban sending Leah, his oldest daughter, into the tent to lie with Jacob. Jacob doesn't realize it until the morning, and he comes back to Laban and goes, what have you done to me? Why have you deceived me? That's his question from verse 25. And the And the irony is not lost on the reader who has watched Jacob deceive his way into everything good he's ever had. And we're supposed to see Jacob now with the tables turned saying, why am I the one being deceived? The answer he receives in verse 26, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. And double irony, it's not done where he comes from either because where he comes from, the eldest Receives the firstborn blessing and he cheated his way into the firstborn blessing and here he is now being cheated so I opened with Jesus saying do to others the way you'd have them do to you and my addition to that is because people are probably going to do to you the way you do to them that plays out in the Jacob story and it seems like a microcosm of life If you cheat your way through life, do not be surprised if you are cheated by life or if you are cheated by people in life. I'm not saying that this is a guarantee to never be cheated. Sometimes you are just wronged. That's what makes the wrong that much more tragic. Sometimes you do things right and they still don't go your way. But as a principle, when you cheat your way through life, lie your way through life, are violent as you journey through life, the odds of you being cheated or lied to or done violently against go up exponentially. Jesus said it this way. If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. In other words, if you get used to swinging the sword, you will live in a world where people swing swords. And what happens when you live in a world where people swing swords you eventually get cut, and Jacob is getting sort of the just rewards. The irony of the cheater is that he is now cheated, and then he has to work seven more years to receive Rachel as his wife. And so he has spent. Um, scholars are divided here. Did he spend seven and then and then seven more for Rachel, and then seven more for Leah? It really looks like he spent fourteen years in working sort of a double seven in order to receive what it was that he desired. Um, And God's going to come into the story because we haven't seen much about the Lord in the 29th chapter, but God's going to enter the story and we're going to pick this up tomorrow because he's going to enter in the fact that Leah is unloved. And we're going to see God in defense of the unloved, um, the God of love doesn't take well to seeing the unloved. And so God's going to intervene in Genesis 29. We're going to take a look at that, but just concentrate on and dwell on this this for today. Do to others the way you'd have them do to you might create at least a miniature world where people do the things to you you wish would be done. Ignore that at your own peril and do to everybody whatever you want. And you might find yourself in your own irony. You say, well, Christ can deliver me from all of that. Absolutely. So turn to Christ. And when you turn to him, start treating other people the way you'd like to be treated because the principle still stands. We watch the Holy Spirit intervene in Genesis 29 tomorrow. See you then. God bless.